Empire. In this module, you could be Ford or Ferrari. Now, when you take that out to a larger view of non-racing, but you can still go on the racetrack and drive your car with no speed limits. So it's not wheel-to-wheel -wheel passing, so it's a lot safer, but you can still experience speed and the craft of how to drive a car quickly on the race car. There's probably 50,000 people in the U.S. that do that. That's Dion Von Moltke, the founder of Blaze, a new platform bringing high-level coaching to race car drivers. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Race car driving. I wish I thought about turning that dream into a pretty good socially distant pandemic hobby. Dion Von Molka wants to help you and other pros like him learn the ropes. Getting real-time lessons that don't make the sport even more financially exclusionary, though, it's been a problem, and it's one that he's trying to solve. Our guest this week is Dion Von Molka, who has transformed his career from professional racer into entrepreneur in the coaching space with professional athletes. Hey, Dion, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Bram. Um, I want to be upfront. You reached out to us. I'm really interested in what you're doing. Um, your specialty in racing wasn't the ones that are commonplace in what is kind of the lexicon of sports like NASCAR, IndyCar. You were in the 24-hour uh, circuits. Can you kind of just take me through your background as a professional athlete? Yeah, well, first of all, a long-time listener to the show, big fan as well. Love, love the work that you guys have, the discussions that you guys have. So excited to be talking with you, of course. So, yeah, my background's in endurance sports car racing. So, not, you know, not Formula One, not NASCAR. We turn you know, left and right, so not just ovals. Um, and imagine it sort of like a, a endurance relay race where in every car there's three to four drivers. So when you come in for a pit stop and you do fuel and tires, you sometimes do a driver change. So oftentimes the driver will be in the car for three to four hours at a time. And it's a you know massively uh, taxing mental sport, uh, multiple different classes of cars at the same time many different conditions throughout 24 hours. You might be in rain, you might be in, at night, it's sun, it's kind of all over the place. Uh, so if your listeners ever, have ever heard of like the 24 hours of Le Mans yeah. or 24 hours of Daytona, that's the type, the type of racing we were doing. Ford versus Ferrari, which was the very exactly. thing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So tell me about your background. I know that you had raced with a number of different teams for a number of different years is that commonplace in the sport for it to be like that or is it more commonplace that drivers do end up with contracts with teams for long periods of time yeah you know motorsports is, is it, not that any sports an easy sports make it out of career right like everyone's really difficult motorsports is a really complex uh, addition when you look at the financial side of stuff as well it's a very expensive sports for teams um so it's commonplace to be on year-by-year -year contract for drivers very very few drivers ever get paid to race and then on top of that earn multi-year contracts huh. so i spent my entire 10-year career 
on year-by-year contracts. You get to November, you have no clue where you'll be racing next year, if you'll have a ride. Uh, and some seasons, you didn't have that full season contract. So you're kind of race-to-race contract season. So there's a lot of uncertainty uh, in the life of the, as a race car driver. Hmm. So what began the transition for you as you started to kind of think outside of being a professional athlete? Yeah, you know, uh, some of it came just down to circumstance. You know, I thankfully been able to drive for some of the top teams in the sports and win the biggest races in, in our sports, at least in the U.S. And, you know, about 2017, I took an opportunity to go and drive for Audi, which is the kind of the top level that you can get to and I was hoping that would turn into something long term and unfortunately didn't and when I you know ended the contract into the year I found myself on the outside looking in uh, again not having a full season ride that uncertainty and you know I, I started to drive for some non top tier teams and I just it wasn't what I wanted to do anymore when I wanted to, if I want to compete and put my body the mind emotions, everything through what you go through in a season, I want to make sure I've got everything behind me to make sure I can compete for win. And at the time, I didn't have that. I didn't see a path to being able to get back there. Hmm. So I started to kind of, in the back of my mind, figure out what do, what do I want. And I have a lot of knowledge that I've built up. And I just wanted to share that knowledge because I knew, at least initially, I thought it was a motorsport-specific problem of lack of coaching, lack of knowledge share was hurting a lot of amateur racers. So I just started to, to put stuff out there and figure out what my next step was, not realizing that that was the initial walk forward to, to turning a company into what Blaze has become today. Yeah. All right. So tell everybody about Blaze. What is it? Yeah. So essentially our ethos, our mission is how do we make the best coaches in the world more accessible and more affordable while helping scale up those coaches since you can really turn it into a career. So from my experience, one of the things that allowed me or enabled me to be able to reach the, the heights of the, my career that I was able to is I had access to world-class coaches. As my career started to wind down, I started to get a little bit more active in coaching, which a lot of us do. I started to realize most amateur enthusiast athletes are learning from people that quite frankly shouldn't be coaches or do it part-time that aren't professional with it and when I started to talk to, to initially like I said I thought this was just racing and I started to talk to drivers and understand well, why aren't you you know learning from someone like me or, or my peers that it really came down to well you can't afford it and like I don't even know how to get in contact with you from the other end of it as a coach you know there's a lot of travel the lifestyle is not a great one which means a lot of people have knowledge but don't want to get into coaching because it's really really difficult so essentially what we built at Blaze is a personalized video analysis platform. So now any athlete using any camera can film themselves performing any action and then upload that to a world-class coach. And like on our team of roster of coaches, we have Olympic gold medalist, a two-time Olympic gold medalist, Nicole Barnhart for uh, women's soccer goalkeeper, for instance. We have stand-up paddle athletes that are Olympic-level athletes. We have race car drivers that still actively compete at the top, top level. Uh, they just want to share knowledge and they can do it in a way that it's asynchronous so they can work when they want from wherever they are and it's bite size. So now what would typically cost, it typically costs maybe a few hundred dollars to a few thousand dollars. Now it costs as low as $34. So it's much more affordable 
it's there when you need it, and it's available. If you have a, a camera or you have a phone, you can film yourself and, and get this like personalized video analysis of what you do. So let me focus in on racing for a moment since that's your specialty, and you have a site called Racers360, which offers this coaching. Yep. Is there a wide market for that? Because even to your point, even a like I like racing. I would love to take part in it. It is expensive if I wanted to even take part on an amateur level and be part of something like that. Is there a wide market for this? Yeah, it's a great question. So motorsport specific, it's it's not massive. It, it's it's tiny in comparison to something like a, a soccer or a football or a more traditional sport. But it's a lot bigger than you would think. So in the U.S. alone, people that race for fun and amateur levels actually race race like wheel-to-wheel racing there's probably about 10 to 15,000 people now when you take that out to a a larger uh view of non-racing but you can still go on the racetrack and drive your car with no speed limit so it's not wheel-to-wheel passing so it's a lot safer but you can still experience speed and the craft of how to drive a car quickly on the race car on the racetrack there's probably 50,000 people in the u.s that do that yeah and those 50,000 people, we're, we are talking about a small sect, though, that would be interested in actually being coached to do that. Would that, that be a fair thing to say about it? So, yeah, what, what we found is really interesting is the, the amount of people that are actually interested in getting coaching is much, much larger than what we initially thought, right? We initially thought, well, this is just a hobby for a lot of them. Like this isn't like a soccer parent trying to get their kid into college, right? Like most all of these are just having fun out there. But what we found is when you provide an environment to where there is no pressure behind it, like what we found is a lot of people don't end up working with a coach because now all of a sudden I've got a coach that's more serious and I don't want it to be more serious. I just want to be having fun. But part of fun is improving. So by providing this environment to where you just have to film yourself, send something in to get something back. We have so many of our customers that have never had coaching before, that never wanted coaching before, that all of a sudden are more open to it. So we see it's a quickly evolving um, culture change within motorsports. And what we anticipate is roughly 25 to 30 get eventually wanting coaching, looking for coaching. Yeah. In today's numbers of people that actually buy coaching today, that's probably less than 10%. So it's going pretty fast on the adoption of wanting coaching within a sport that culturally doesn't have coaches. That's true. Uh, is it, uh, that's a, that's an interesting question. Is it hard to coach this? No, not at all. That's the great thing, right? Like it, it it's tough to build up the knowledge to be able to look at a video and know exactly what's going on from the car side of stuff or how the driver manipulates the brakes manipulates the throttle but if you look at our coaches and, and professional drivers we've all spent thousands of hours watching ourselves watching our competitors understanding this so it's the knowledge is there and it's just being able to communicate it correctly that's the hard part about coaching that's where we take a lot of time curating our coaches to make sure they're effective communicators yeah which is one of the largest difference between a good coach and a not so great coach but for, for our coaches, the work is actually really, really easy, which is great. So what are some of the other sports that you're you're working in that you are offering this for? 
Yeah, so we've recently, we're, we're a new company. We've recently launched the, the Blaze name. Uh, and with that, we launched into soccer. We launched into three different surf sports. So surf, hydrofoil, and stand-up paddle or stuff. We're also in the scooter market, which is kind of like skateboarding, uh, but for scooters now, which is actually a, a really fast-growing sport. We're onboarding our initial basketball coaches today, which we're really excited about. We have some ex-WNBA players joining us, an amazing team there. We should be launching into basketball sometime late February of 2021. That's cool. Um, all right. So what has been the reaction in the marketplace so far to all of this? Yeah. And so there's definitely skepticism, right? Uh, online learning hasn't had the best name or the best image, right? Yeah. And a lot of people are like, well, how do I film myself? What should I film? What we've seen, though, unanimously is once they get their coaching session back, they've been completely blown away. And that's driving really high repeat customer rates for us. Like when someone t- tries it out, they're hooked into the platform because of the quality of coaching and the personalization aspect. We're kind of like the anti-masterclass or anti-YouTube guru, yeah. right, where it's a generic video. Um, so there's definitely be been skepticism that meet the market that we're trying to educate people behind on personalization of coaching and why it works and, and why video analysis is something that is used in the pros and why it works so well in the pros, how it gives ownership to the athlete um, and how it's a supplemental thing for a team sport to, to the, what you get already from your team coach, but now in a one-on-one format. Yeah. It's all really cool. I, and um, so do you think this is the future of, coaching in general or do you think there is still going to be a place for in-person training no i think absolutely in-person training is going to stay i hope that continues to grow i think that is a very important segment but i think this is going to be something that starts to come up in conjunction with in-person training when you can have that right so nothing's going to be better than being able to come and work with the top coach in person synchronously but it's just not a reality for the vast majority of families in the United States around the world. So what this starts to do is replicate that, but done in a way that actually works really, really well, um, not only for adults, but also for kids. The ability to go back and rewatch coaching sessions, for instance. You know, we all have short attention spans. So the short, bite-sized, it's a five to ten minute coaching session. I can watch anytime. I'm going to track my progress with my coach. Gives it in the right environment and starts to give the athlete a little bit more ownership. So it's going to really be a con- in conjunction to in-person coaching, um, but it's not going to replace in-person coaching. And for you, is any of this, I want to make my sport, which is not the most popular and widespread sport, are you preaching a gospel here? Or are you trying to uh, open doors? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, when we started in this mission and we didn't know what we were building yet, right, like, Blaze is kind of this like natural thing that started to build. Our initial one was, you know, what can I do to help grassroots motorsports um, expand, right? Because nobody, very few people know for a couple hundred dollars, I can go to a track and take my car on the racetrack and drive it flat out, which is awesome. But not many people know about that. So I would say there's sort of a, an inner ethos in the company of how do we expand sports participation? Um, and what we've been able to see is through Blaze and through the Racers 360 brand, which is kind of Blaze for motorsports, the 
average number of times an athlete competes a year yeah. has greatly grown. Huh. And that's really because now all of a sudden I've got something to work on. I'm breaking through plateaus and I, I'm more excited about my sport. That has us really pumped up because that's sort of one of the core ways of sport is to get the existing athletes in that sport competing more, falling back in love with it, and then telling their friends about it. So, so we would love to be able to come in with organizations and help grow sports, but I think it's kind of a tiered approach to that. So like to feel empowerment, like because what you're talking about, like I love the idea of you know, going out and, and trying to be a race car driver for a day, even as an amateur with no real goal of doing that professionally. But I love the idea of doing it. I don't feel empowered to do it because I don't know if I know what I'm doing. And, and what you are offering is empowerment here. I love that. I, I couldn't word it any better myself. Then we'll leave it there. Good. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the smart one. I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> Dion Von Mocha founded Blaze. You can check out his work at Racers 360. And uh, congratulations on your success. And thank you so much for joining us, Dion. Yeah. Thanks for everything that you guys do for sports on this podcast and health promotion. I think we all appreciate the, the community that you guys are building and the discourse that you guys have. Uh, so thanks for having me on. We're really excited to uh, to continue to ho hopefully have that conversation with you and your audience. And if anyone wants to learn more, it's blaze.io. It's B-L-A-Y-Z-E.io. And feel free to reach out, have questions. Our team's here to respond. I respond to most of our emails and, and messages on our website personally. So would love to connect and answer questions. On the next Future Sport Podcast, are you ready to go outside again and organize your kids' new league? They were transformed by youth sports, and our family was transformed. My wife and I on the sidelines, coaching, managing. And when I left the Walt Disney Company, I wanted to keep getting involved and find a way to help fix some of the problems that we all know exist in youth sports. That's Ben Sherwood, the former co-chairman of the ABC Disney Networks. He and Reed Schaffner of the Words with Friends fame are joining forces to create Mojo, an application set to reinvent youth sports. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.